This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, everybody. We are so happy to have you with us today on this beautiful LA day. Today is a very important subject that we are discussing. We're discussing holistic hormone health with our friend and hormone specialist, Nicole Granado. Nicole is a woman's health specialist specializing in polycystic ovary syndrome and hormone health. She is based locally here in LA, so anyone lucky enough to be living in LA in LA has access to Nicole, and you do over Skype, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. And we couldn't be more excited to have you with us. Thanks Thank you so much. Yay. Thank you. Oh my gosh. So this is a really important topic. I selfishly, I was telling Nicole before, I selfishly work out interviews where I want to know all the secrets for my own to embellish my own life. I want to know all the secrets <laughs> from Nicole too. I know, but it's it's something that I think is across the board, very important for all women to know about. Mm. We're, we're, we're really focusing on women's hormone health today. Do you focus on men's hormone health at all? Not so much. It's never been something that I've gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've always been really passionate about women's hormonal health and through my own struggles with it. It's something that like I've always kind of, it's always kind of led me back to women. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Never to men, but that men are sense. important you, to focus on as well. Do you think that men suffer <laughs> as much men. with hormonal issues as women? I don't, I don't want to say no, because then I feel like they might. They probably have some. They, they probably do, but I don't think to the extent that women do. And I think that they're very different. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's because of the reproductive system? I think so, yeah. And just like our how our, our cycles just mm-hmm. go throughout the month. Like every week is different for us, whereas mm-hmm. men hormonally, like they might be off, but I don't think they have that fluctuation of like mm-hmm. back. But I've like, heard rumors that men also get their period. <laughs> that's <laughs> you know certainly, I mean? certainly just a rumor. <laughs> no, I mean, not physically. <laughs> like they go through that emotional hormonal cycle as well. Totally. Is that true? I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I, I mean they're definitely moodier certain times. That's true. But maybe they just called hangry. Yeah, or it's like managing their stress levels better. Women are very good at that. We're multitaskers. That's very true. You know, so it's like I think men get, I think men handle stress differently, and women hormonally have their imbalances but I think they're just different but I do think we all have like our moods that go kind of in and out Mm. really interesting to know more about because I never got told anything about hormones or my cycle or how that affects my life at all so I'm still oblivious to it that's why I'm excited about today Mm -hmm. but I've I had major hormone issues growing up I had polycystic Mm. ovary syndrome which was undiagnosed for many 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 years and then when they did diagnose it no one had any answers for for me as to what the remedy is, what the root issue is. All they had was suggestions, Band-Aid suggestions, mm. like a pill, like mm. the pill. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to hear about your holistic approach to these things. Yeah. And Jenna, did you suffer from any hormonal imbalances throughout yeah. your life? Yeah, I feel like a lot of, you know, I just feel like to be alive in America is you kind of end up suffering from hormonal imbalance, especially if you're eating dairy and whatnot. I think I saw it definitely in my skin and um, I never, you know, got diagnosed with officially a hormonal thing. But I also, I don't know, I feel like there is maybe some weakness in my thyroid as well. Hmm. Because my grandma had thyroid cancer. (gasps) So. Cancel clear. And I have like this throat chakra blockage, Mm -hmm. so. Have you got your thyroid checked out? Yeah, they say it's fine. Okay, great. Yeah. And, and did you, you obviously had hormone issues as well yeah. growing up? Well, I, I mean, I, I actually feel like I'm, I don't, I don't feel like I can say I've suffered from hormonal imbalances. I think that my body's been pretty balanced. The only time that I did suffer was, um, when I was like t- about 20 in my 20, like early, I think it was like 20, 19, 20, um, when I wasn't getting my period and I was like going in and out of these little depressions. Did you ever get your period to begin with? Yeah, I had, but it was so random. Like it mm. was never consistent. And so then that's when I got diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. But really my only symptom was not getting my period and um, 
and just like mood. My it, mood it didn't affect your skin at all. No, I didn't really have that ones. much skin problems. Like I wow. feel like maybe a little bit, but it wasn't something that I would be like, "Oh, my skin's terrible." Yeah, like, it's not ruling your life like yeah, it did mine. It's like crap. I have a mm. pimple. A yeah. couple of them right there. Like whatever. Yeah, got it. We'll go away. But okay. yeah, some people get like major cystic acne. Mm. Like there's a lot of different um, levels of polycystic ovarian syndrome and hormonal imbalance. I feel, yeah, I feel lucky in the sense that I don't think I got the extreme of it. Mm-hmm. But I've also, through like working with women, I've also seen all different levels and how really the same method kind of works for everybody. Um, and a lot of the time it's really just like take self-care and... Um, and consistency. So mm, it's like self-care okay. and consistency. And a lot of the times we're always switching things. We're like not giving things enough time to work. It's kind of like a vitamin. Mm. Like if you take it for like two weeks, it's probably not going to work. But if you take it for like three months, your body will start to become acclimated to it and you'll start to see changes. Mm. Um, so I feel like a lot of um, healing hormonal health with that is um, is consistency. And I always was raised with that kind of consistency so okay so when you 1920 experienced polycystic ovary syndrome Mm -hmm. did that then send you into a pursuit to how to cure it or yeah how did you move into your line of work well so when I got diagnosed with polycystic ovaries um my I had I asked for a scan of my ovaries which is something that I always recommend a lot of women do because I find that more women are diagnosed with polycystic ovaries with no cysts on their ovaries Mm. and um, so you mean like a false a misdiagnosis? Diagnosis? Yeah. I, I believe that if you, um, and I have other people that, you know, some people have different beliefs, but my belief is that if you don't have cysts on your ovaries, you don't have polycystic ovaries. Well, that but makes sense. When we, <laughs> but when we go to a doctor, but the doctors will say if you have like two symptoms of hormonal imbalance... Um, that kind of could look like polycystic. They'll be like, you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, but you don't because hormonal imbalance isn't really a diagnosis. And we, and in this country, we need to diagnose people so that way we can be like, this is what you have and this is what we're going to do instead of how can we like figure this out and smooth it out. So I got my ovaries um, checked and I had about seven cysts on my ovaries. and On each one? Um, all together, mm. like between the two of them. Um, and my doctor basically told me that my chances to have, I was, well, what does that mean for children and all these things? And it's like, well, you know, very, very small chances that you will be able to have kids. What? And That's I why like, I thought I was infertile. Yeah. Because uh, my, my story was I had, my ovaries were saturated with cysts yeah. and they're like, you're infertile right now. And you'll probably, you know, it's going to you probably won't be able to get pregnant. Yeah. Or you'll have to try really hard to get pregnant. I feel like you can do IVF. You yeah. Can, but you can adopt a baby. It's <gasps> fine. And you're like, that did you, how did you feel when, you, when they said That's that? That's terrible oh, man, to put that in someone's in head. I that know. Is, Especially like a 19, 20 year old girl. Yeah. That's you're like, messed up to say. Holy crap. And that's not even true. I know so many people, not just you, who have had babies and had that yeah. diagnosis. Well, and also like... It's just more of the sense of it's such a matter of fact thing that it's like, that's not even the way the body works. And so it really frustrates me how we have doc, like, and it scares you. So when you, when you're scared, the person that you, it's like having a parent, like when the person that you're supposed to go to, to kind of like protect you, like we think of doctors as going to them when we have a problem then healing us, Mm. which they can do. We'll take whatever they give us because they have the answers. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then now they're, hurting yeah us more um and so what what was the remedy they offered you they offered me to do surgery on my ovaries <sighs> to remove the cysts i thought you could only do surgeries on um cystic ovaries so so there's a difference between polycystic ovaries and then ovarian cysts mm-hmm. and you so you can do surgery on polycystic ovaries mm-hmm. as well huh i i don't think that that's really should be happening, but yeah. I think that it does happen. Wow. Okay. So option so one. So there was option one. Option two is to go on different drugs called metformin and clomid mm-hmm. and then to go on birth control. I've never been, I was never on birth control in my And life. so did anyone tell you what the root issue was? No. I was like, well, how do you get this? They're like, we don't know. It's a mystery. It just happens. And I'm like, all right, well, how do I get rid of it? You can't. This you li- you're gonna live with this for life. <laughs> That's just so like, misinformed. In what do so I do? Many ways. <laughs> and they're like, well, oh, and then the my best, my favorite part was 
make sure you eat a good diet. I'm like, well, what does that look like? Cause I already eat well. White bread yeah. and, um, and meat. Make and- sure you get enough protein <laughs> and make sure you drink enough milk for <gasps> calcium. And oh I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I was raised on brown rice and avocados. Like, are you kidding me right now? No. <laughs> so I, Wait, so you had a really good diet growing up. Yeah. So do you think that diet did not have anything to do with the with that diagnosis? No, I think that what happened was is that um I was raised really healthy. Um and I think that when I hit like sixteen I was a teenager. Oh. And I was kinda like, oh whatever. And I think I think polycystic ovaries can happen from a hormonal imbalance. And I think I was hormonally imbalanced. I wasn't seeing a lot of the symptoms. So I think a lot of the time we think oh, I have a hormonal imbalance because I have X, Y, and Z symptoms. But really, they can be things that we're not even aware of, like mm-hmm. maybe sleep. Or I know that at one point, like my hair kind of fell out a little bit. And so it was that. I went on a vegan diet. I was switching a lot of things. And I think that that didn't help my body. And then just environmental factors and just living. So I think that that's kind of what triggered. So mm-hmm. you think from your research, the um, fundamental link to the birth of polycystic ovaries is hormone imbalance. I think that's so. it. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree. And, um, and what we're eating, what we're putting in our body. Well, that comes, that creates a hormone imbalance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what did you do? What option did you take? So I... <laughs> I cried for like three weeks. And I was Seriously, like, my, I was like, so my hard. ovaries are hostile. I'm never going to have kids. I'm barren. I'm like, all <laughs> no, don't marry me. <laughs> and I was like, so upset. My boyfriend at the time was like, oh, you're fine. I'm like, no, I'm really not. <laughs> like, <laughs> they gosh. make you feel like a leper, don't they? Yeah. And so and I then went they just to expect doctor. you to be fine with it. Like, of course you're not going to be fine yeah. with it. And I was like, just wanted to like sign me over prescriptions and drugs. <sighs> and so... I went, um, like three weeks after I went through my like pity fest, I was like, no, I'm going to like start looking into this. So I started to understand it on my own. And I told my doctors, I'm going to try and do this naturally because I don't want to go on medications. He's like, all right, well, let me know what you decide to do. You're not going to heal. There's no cure for this. You can't heal And a this. man, like a man would even know anything about I've ovaries. I've had a female gynecologist that are just as bad. Yeah, it's true. They're very ma- in their masculine female I find male pie. gynecologists to be better than female gynecologists. Oh, they probably enjoy their job more, if you know what I'm saying. That's like not cool. They probably though, do. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I started looking into different um, different ways of healing. So like Ayurvedic medicine, mm-hmm. Chinese medicine, and modern medicine. I started pulling little pieces of everything that I really like because I don't believe in diets. I don't believe in like eating, eating, um, uh, what would you say, like regimens and all this mm-hmm. like restrictions. Like I just don't believe in it. Um, I think that it's actually doing more harm than good and like, we're creating so much stress because we don't know what to do anymore. And it's really very simple. So I started like seeing how I could create balance and how I could take pieces of different, um, different healing methods. So like with Chinese medicine, it's very much about blood building, um, Ayurvedic medicine as well. And then both of them really believe in like breaking stagnation, the flow in the body. So I started thinking about like, actually picturing my uterus and my ovaries and being like, all right, I'm going to like, get some major blood flow going so smart you know Um, because from the energetic perspective like a stagnation it would be an energetic stagnation in that place you know Mm -hmm. and it was like stagnation and then building blood (coughs) and 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 how like our ex what exercises you can do Mm. to promote actual flow and almost like a massage of the ovaries and the uterus opposed to these high intensity exercises where i picture it like you're just punching yourself Instead they of do like, say that exercise sh- helps shrink, yeah, right? and uh, less sugar mm-hmm. and more exercise help shrink the the cysts. Yeah, but like <coughs> not high intensity exercises. Got so it. like these really high intensity, like I know I have so many women. They're like, yeah, I weight train and I run X amount of miles a day, and I'm like, just go, putting go, stress go, go, on the go. body. It's like that's stressful, but things like hiking, walking, yoga, Pilates, like light running, all these things that are kind of like, if you picture it, you're kind of like massaging, massaging mm-hmm. that area and Moving creating flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that that I did. And I started just taking different herbs um, in a blend that I made into a detox powder that was for 
uh, cleansing the kidney, liver, and bowel. So you created your own detox yeah. blend, and you created your own exercise regimen as well. Yeah. Um, like and you this. were visualizing, I like right? The way and you visualizing, think. yeah. <laughs> so I started taking the detox powder, um, and like kidney, liver, and bowel just cleanse everything. Because if any there's any stagnation in those organs, that's going to interfere as well. It's the so same chakras like down there. And then that blend as well is super high in iron and magnesium. Because I was like, all right, well realistically in my mind, I'm like, your body's not going to release blood if it doesn't have enough blood Mm -hmm. to keep you supported. So a lot of the time I feel like I would feel like I was going to get my period and like my, my lining wanted to shed and like my body wanted to do it, but I couldn't get there. And I was like, there's a reason for that. It's not because my body doesn't want to do it. Like I, I can feel that it wants to do that. So I started um, taking a higher intake of iron and magnesium the week before my period. And that's what I put in the detox powder and I got my period like, on track. Cluso. Yeah. So smart. And just going from the gut and the intuition and the logic, I just love that. So yeah. smart. All so smart. It, all of it was like just listening to, to my your, body. Yeah. Um, and then about, uh, what was it? Like four, about four months after I started... Yeah, four and four months after I started my my healing, I went back to my doctor and I was like, um, I'm, and my insurance didn't cover like another ultrasound, so I was like, I'll pay for it. I was like, how much is it going to be? He's like, it's going to be like fifteen hundred dollars. Oh my god! I was like, when can I do Thanks my next for healing ultrasound? Us, when can I do my next ultrasound? Um, in a year. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna just pay the money because I know <gasps> something's different. Like yeah. I know wow. I felt it. So I paid the money to have my ovary scanned and he was annoyed. He was like, this is stupid. Like nothing's changed. Oh, like, the satisfaction. I mean, he didn't He's say stupid. that, but it was his demeanor. Yeah. And I was getting my period. I was like, oh, I've been getting my period every single month. He's like, oh, did you start taking the birth control? And I was like, you're like, no. nope, I threw did that in the nothing toilet. actually you tell me to do. And so <laughs> I, I did the opposite went, of everything you said. I, I did literally the opposite <laughs> of everything. Like... <laughs> I told him, I was like, what do you think about if I drank bone? I was like, at that point, the end of our conversation, I was just fucking with him. And I was like, what do you think if I drink bone broth? Would that help my period? He's like, what? What is that? That stuff doesn't do anything. Oh my gosh. I want to punch this guy in the head. Sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. And it's the entire Uh, industry. I know. And I say industry because they're in it to make money. Sorry. No, 100%. And then I I went to him and I was like, we had the scans. And all my cysts were gone. And I was like, and he's, and he was looking for them. Like, of course, he wanted, wanted them to be he there. wanted them to be there. And he's like, well, um, just because you don't have cysts doesn't mean you don't have polycystic <gasps> ovarian syndrome. Oh my gosh, he and just cannot like, lose. And he, I was like, what do you mean? Isn't that like def- the definition, like the definition of, of it? Of it, it's in the he's, title. And he's like, well, it's still an imbalance in your system. And I was like, but I'm getting my period. My weight is good. My skin is good. I my, I, I feel great. I don't have any cysts. I was like, and I asked him to check my utero lining. I was like, that was fine. And then at that point, I was like, I don't know how you can still diagnose me with this. And I was like, I'm going to go. And I like <laughs> left. And I, I asked was him in for a my half and you slammed the door. I asked him for all my reports, like all my scans and everything. And because now every single time I check my ovaries, I get this, I get like the ultrasound picture. So I'm keeping that. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need those on some, yeah. somewhere, someday. And I went to three other doctors, um, gynecologists, like one random one I found on Yelp just to like make, it was like a case study. So I needed to like hit one <laughs> random one out like Burbank. <laughs> like nice. Like if the like person in Burbank did all the random like. things. Agrees. <laughs> and, um, and I went without, without giving them my paperwork, just said that I just hadn't. And, um. I was like, let them do do my tests and everything. That I like paid for my ultrasound. I, like, oh, I just want to check because I've heard about this. And like, no, you're totally fine. <sighs> so and they did like, not. The subsequent not. ones said you did not have it. I was like, I don't have any signs of PCOS or anything. And they're like, no, you're totally fine. And I was like, if I wanted to have babies, like, what's that? And she's like, well, you can't ever 100% know how quickly it'll take. But like, if you wanted to have children, you wouldn't There's have a problem. There's nothing wrong with your body. See? Yeah. Okay. Oh my <laughs> God. recorded the that and anonymously sent it to your other doctor. I know, but, but you know but that's what illegal. I don't understand. I'm like, going to go to jail with my clean True. ovaries. You thought about it though. You <laughs> wait, thought about it. Wait, that's really illegal? It's illegal to record. To record illegal. someone, yeah. Yeah. Unless um, you have their consent, which so, we do, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have your consent right now, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Wow. Um, but, but what my question is, is why did 
wouldn't the doctor, the original doctor, be like, this is a miracle. Like, because I need to know how you did this and committed. tell everybody else. They're too committed like, to their Bible of, you know, archaic Bible of oh how they do God. medicine. That's just it's so wrong. It's, like, it's against the Hippocratic Oath. I don't know how they can, like, sleep at night. It's kind of like being... Um, being like educated through a system yeah, and then and then having almost like street smarts and like internal education of what you learn from yourself it's, it's almost like they can like that's what they've learned and mm. that's how it is and they and actually that, can't see it another way yeah. and and, they and if anything else that challenges they just de- defame it and then yeah and unless science proves it <laughs> unless it's medically proven they're but, like they can't open up it's that else. not medically proven that they, uh, just that they witnessed it with their own eyes too and like yeah it's also like I feel like doctors, you know, they, they paid for this education. They jumped up through all these hoops to be called doctor. And now they're not giving that position up, you know, yeah. they don't mm. want to be proved they're wrong. They're too to attached their to their identity. power in this yeah. situation in a sense. I mean, I see literally like 13 year old girls that go and get diagnosed and get thrown on all these medications. And the thing, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I am. But <laughs> well, I think there's a conspiracy I going on. If that's what of, you mean. <laughs> I do kind of believe that what we're doing is we're taking women that can be a little bit and i almost feel like this is like this is like a war against women's health uh-huh. like i actually feel like it's a war against women's yeah. health and it's like keeping women down keeping women sick and so it's like i i, I think that Powerless. my my belief is that if a woman at in the slightest bit in any way you can put her on anything, they put put you on it. And with polycystic ovaries, they put you on clover, they put you on metformin to heal you. And I've never, ever in four years seen a woman that has done better after being on not. those drugs. They get worse. Of course not. Then they put them on other medications, <gasps> and then <sighs> they want to have babies and IVF. And that's oh my gosh! They just hundred and fifty thousand dollars. System. They just keep feeding it, so, and it's just a circle. And, and the you pharmaceutical. Become, and you become you become dependent uh, dependent on that one yeah. person. You build this bond. It's like build. It's like a, almost like an abuse bond. It that is. You build with this oh guy, and you're powerless. You stay you're with them. giving your power to them. I don't understand how you took your power back. Yeah, you were like, yeah. give me that power. It's yeah. mine. Giving you my power. And I don't, I don't understand if you and I could be given a diagnosis and a prognosis mm-hmm. and intrinsically feel resistant to that whole philosophy of there is no root cause and mm-hmm. we don't know. It's a mystery of where it came from. And the only option oh. is to go on um, birth control pill or, you know, get them surgically removed. Surgery. When I got given that, I was, I, I just said, there is no way I'm settling for that. Yeah. That is ridiculous to settle for that. What was yeah. your reaction to it's that diagnosis? It's a very similar story mm-hmm. to Nicole's where I got that diagnosis and I was about 17. So I never got my period. And when I was 17, I got my period one, like once for about three days, quite heavily, and then nothing again. And when I was about 20 and I was really suffering from um, from pimples, like bad skin, and I just didn't feel right. It felt like there was an imbalance. And so at around 20, um, I went to the doctor and they said, well, you've got, they, they did ultrasounds of my ovaries and they yeah. said, you've got cysts saturating both ovaries, um, polycystic ovary syndrome, and there's no cure for this. You're infertile. You probably oh will never be God, able to have babies. just to hear this. And oh. your only option is the pill. Yeah. And um, I, I think I must have actually been about, hmm, I was probably about 18 by this point, 18, 19. And my, I, I looked at my mom and she wasn't from a holistic background. You know, you trust your parents at that age to guide yeah. you through things. And so she's like, well, if this is the only option, then I guess we have to trust the doctor and take this pill. And I took it, but I was very resistant. There was something in me that was saying, this doesn't make sense. Why would I sign up for being dependent on the pill for the rest of my life when this clearly came from somewhere so it can be released as well. And so it didn't make sense to me, but I was so desperate to get clear skin that I just want, and in natural ways, as you said, you have to apply them consistently and over time to get results. And I was so fed up with hiding from the world with my bad skin that I just wanted a break. I just wanted a quick fix and to get some relief from my skin. So I went on the pill. I went on the pill for about three years and it did clear up my skin. 
But then I went back to the doctor and I'm like, wait a second. So I'm on the contraceptive pill, but what happens if I want to get pregnant? Mm. And they said, well, you probably won't be able to. And IVF, all that stuff. And so I started thinking more long term and my intuition was these doctors aren't considering diet, lifestyle, alternative um, medicines and um, resources they're not considering the emotional um, yeah. manifestation to the physical aspect. They're not considering a lot of things. So I love how that was just apparent to you, you know, yeah. at that age. Yeah. I, I, well, I just, it just the didn't make knowing. sense. So it sent me on a quest to do my own research because I thought there has to be more information than what this doctor is telling me. Yeah. So I did the same thing. I researched it and I found that um, diet plays a huge factor. Irritants like coffee and sugar and... Um, processed bread, all that stuff, I cut out because they meant to. They were meant to feed the um, the, Cis. the cysts and the hormone imbalance. And then they said exercise was great, so I started doing yeah. kind of low key exercise. And then I started looking into the emotional, physical connection with um, mani- your your emotions manifesting physically. Mm-hmm. And I discovered Louise Hay at this point mm-hmm. and started understanding what the ovaries um, represented in a more of a um, spiritual what way. What do they represent in a spiritual way? Um, I mean, this was like 15 years ago. Uh, I think it was, it's obviously connected to your femininity yeah. and to your mother. So I think that the there was line. some, yeah, there was something in embracing your femininity. Don't quote me on this, but from what I remember, I discovered, I started it, it nudged me to start looking deeper into um, lineage inheritance and my and looking at my mom and thinking what I've actually inherited from her that doesn't belong to me, which could be contributing to manifesting as physical issues. Um, you know, there was the blockage there in a way. Oh, yeah, completely. There's a, there's a big... <laughs> it all made sense. It all made sense. Once I was looking at it, it all made sense. And so I as well started taking Louise Hay's guidance on that and was doing positive affirmations, visualizing, Mm. visualizing my ovaries being completely healthy and clear and having complete health and balance. I then went to an acupuncturist Mm -hmm. and was going two times a week at one point targeting on the stagnation Uh because, you know, I just came from acupuncture actually just before Mm -hmm. this interview and it's all about um, generating blood and Mm -hmm. moving the stagnation and growing the the chi, the energy in your body. And so I started doing that and going on the Chinese herbs as well, which was really powerful. And then um, I came off the I came off the pill and integrated all of these methods and was determined to see it out and see what changes I could make. And hydration's a big one. Little yeah. things like not using toxic products, cleaning mm. products, beauty products, every element in your lifestyle not be contributing to a hormone imbalance. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, um, I started getting my periods regularly when I, I was on this regime for about two years and was definitely seeing improvements in the symptoms. And then I went to a endocrinologist and they found that I had an underactive thyroid, Mm. which was the thing that was connected to the hormone imbalance, which was creating the polycystic ovaries. Mm. So I finally started to understand how to find balance through the whole system, not just, you know, thinking the reproductive system is not connected to anything else. I'm just going to focus on that. So I understood that I needed to, I went on a natural um, thyroid supplement Mm. for a couple of years, just a really low dosage. And that rewired the connection between Mm. my, I think it's my hypothalamus and uh, I said that wrong. Thymus? Hyperthymus? Yeah. I don't know if that's right either. Um, And to my thyroid gland. And then I was on that for about two years and my period came back. And then once my period was flowing for a couple of years, I... I got pregnant actually with Valentine completely by mistake because I thought I was infertile. I'd carried on 
that imprint of that day at the doctors where they said, you're infertile, you're going to have issues getting pregnant. It's probably not going to happen, but you'll have to try really hard. And that traumatized me, it like stuck with me. And that was the story I was playing out. So with that story in mind, I had one cheeky night with my now husband, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Valentine, he's my husband now. (laughs) And, um, I got pregnant from that one little whoopsie. And that then made me want to come. Don't worry, I can't get pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, well, totally. I said to him, I said, it's actually a really funny story. We were were running 20 minutes early for a friend's birthday at this Korean barbecue place. I said, oh, well, we can either like hang out at the bar for 20 minutes. There's like Korean spot. Oh, we could go into a back alleyway and have a little fun in my Prius. Break it in. And, and we're like, yeah, yeah. Before May as well. Korean barbecue. Yeah, 20 minutes before the Korean barbecue. Seriously, I should have remembered the name of that street. That should be Valentine's middle name. I have to track it down. So we're in the Prius. It's a brand new Prius, right? And things are escalating. It's getting hot and saucy and steamy. And then I'm like, wait a second. We're in my new car. What do you, whoa, whoa, what, what do you think is going to happen here? Like, you're not going to soil my brand new car seats. <laughs> And he's like, he's looked at me, he's like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like go out the window either. And I'm like, I guess we don't have another option right now, do we? And he's like, I didn't think this through. I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm infertile anyway. I guess it once in a blue moon doesn't matter. And boom, Valentine was waiting in the wings. Had, had, you, to- had you told him that you were infertile before that? Yeah. And how did he take that? Uh, he, he didn't take it seriously. I don't think he wanted to believe that. And he's really a believer of limitless thinking. He's able to... Um, he's like, you know, nah. Yeah, he's like, yeah. nah, I don't believe it. No, I don't think so. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, he was right about that. <laughs> yeah, and so in comes Valentine, <laughs> act one. Um, anyway, back to... <laughs> so once I got pregnant, I... In my shock and disbelief, I was also, I didn't want, I wanted it to be a natural process and I I didn't want to be relying on the thyroid um, supplement. Mm. So I came off it and my, my thyroid to, I think pregnancy healed me completely from a thyroid issue, from any polycystic ovary stuff, from hormone imbalance, pregnancy, reset, reset my organs, my, my system, my hormones, everything. And that's when I discovered that hormone balance and health is at the root of your entire health system. Well, it's true because hormones are, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're the messengers that tells our body what to do in all ways. It's not just with our reproductive systems. It's like with all of the bio cues in our body Mm -hmm. is triggered by hormones, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, tell us about hormones. So what do hormones do? Um, Well, I mean, I don't know if I can explain this or I don't know if I can really say what they do. I say what they... um, What their job is. This is such a weird question for me. I don't know why because I feel like I can't say what they do. I feel like they do something different for everybody. I mean, keeping us balanced, you know, keeping Mm us... um, In equilibrium. In in equilibrium with our body. Yeah. And our emotions, they're tied to... They're tied to everything. I think they're tied to our nervous system. They're mm-hmm. tied to, to absolutely everything. Aging. Trauma, aging. Moods, um, emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Every Energy levels. Yeah. I almost feel like they're little, <laughs> I always imagine them as like little fairies in our body. And when they're pissed off, they're like, <laughs> they're like hitting yeah. things. Yeah. And when they're happy, they're kind of like floating around. I see them as fairies. So what are some general symptoms of imbalanced hormones? Um, Everyone experiences it differently, like we were saying before, but skin is the biggest one that I see. Skin and lack of men- a period are the biggest ones that I see. Um, I, I, a lot of women experience hair loss, but they don't talk about it, hmm. like major hair loss. It's the same with men. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of men, when they, they're balding, premature balding, it's linked to their hormone health. I think it's the number one symptom of hormonal imbalance for men is hair loss, huh. actually. So <clears throat> a man who's losing his hair, is that a symptom of a hormonal imbalance? It's not just like typical aging or we that, well, that's we what know. they say yeah yeah premature hair loss um, unless it's a genetic thing but have you ever seen like robert redford for example he's got a full he's head got of a hair. thick set you know what i mean I like, 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 that. That. <laughs> I like 
a thick set. Oh, what did you think I said? Like growing up when I was younger. Oh, Jenna, mind out of the gutter. You're still lingering around my conception story, aren't you? Yeah, my mind is still <laughs> behind that Korean restaurant. Sacks flying. But in all reality, Sacks like. <laughs> Sorry. Back on topic, girls. Come on. Uh, I hope Robert Redford listens to this. Oh, he's so spunky. (laughs) He's got, like, you can tell he's fertile. Don't you think that thick hairline? Actually, yeah. I mean, if it's anywhere connected to hormones, maybe so. Maybe so. I swear to God, when I was younger and I saw him in the horse whisper, like with the with Scarlett Johansson, I was like, oh, I want a husband one day in Montana, like (laughs) just like that with the horses. But don't you think, just going off a little bit, don't you think that? I know that I have this gravitation towards, like, I'm attracted to men with a thick hairline. Subconsciously, mm. I, I look at the boyfriends and I'm like, oh, I've got that pull towards them. And maybe subconsciously in my cellular structure, I know that that's good fertility and hormones to give me a baby. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's, that I mean, I has think any that validity? That can totally yeah. be. I think it's almost like I almost feel like seeing. Okay, I almost feel like you know how the whole dad bod thing was like a really big appeal to women. Really, dad bod was in. Wait, dad what is dad bod? Been in for a long time. Dad that's just a like man that pudgy? takes care of himself and like looks good, but isn't like a put a lifter. Oh my gosh, I thought dad bod was a was like they let themselves go. No, 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 no. Like dad, a little bit of a tub. Like I love handle. Everyone's a little different, but I think that the reason why the dad bod was so in is because they're just healthy looking men that they're not too fit they're not not and i feel like that was like a big appeal of like someone healthy whereas when you see a lot of men they're like so muscular like you're try it's like this trying like you're trying to get there. you're trying to reach something you're trying to make yourself healthier stress on your body but just being like not like men that are just like walking to a place and they're just natural and your body just kind of like huh (laughs) maybe because they are really healthy and you're like oh that's a healthy Mm. Well, they pick and of I, the apples. Totally, I think that like it's, yeah, I think that, it's been scientifically for what all that science is worth these days, but scientifically proven that um, you know the characteristics that we find attractive in the opposite sex are fertility symbols in a way yeah. because like on the biological level, mm. that's what we. They say that with balls too. Really? What big balls is? They say that they say that women are like like a lot of women back that aren't that, are, that, that like women will be innately more attracted to a man that has like a little bit larger testicles because to them it's like I kind sperm of have had babies some like, sperm factor. Yeah. I have to say I'm I'm I feel like <laughs> I have to admit I've had there. good luck in the sack department, girls. I'm just saying it some, makes sense oh, if you're looking ones. for your husbands, look I've for those some big sacks, ones girls. Not thinking about having babies with them totally like instinctually my body's like i'm not attracted like i literally am not attracted when you see so so when you see the balls you're just like sorry deal breaker not not gonna happen (laughs) no men are listening to this we love you men it's not we're not being really serious i'd be happier with like a smaller penis but like good size really yeah i if i had to choose but there's something about like tiny Balls that just put you off. They're just, I don't like... Yeah, uh, it's. I, I think it comes back to the biology. I of, think it does. You know, wanting huh. to. I wonder that. if they try and make up for that in other ways. So you know, then when it's men have a bit more bravado, maybe they have little balls. Yeah, and also, but their their bravado isn't going to give me a baby. That's true. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I don't know about. You got to look out for the bra- <laughs> that's bravado. True. That's like a red flag. <laughs> but I also think like test ball size could have to do with testosterone level. So, yeah. you know, like you get the bigger balls if you have the more testosterone running through your veins. So mm-hmm. it could be that they, you know, whatever. Big ball pole. He's out there. You need that Keep testosterone. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, for sure. But it goes back to hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? it goes like back to hormones. Um, and and I, I think that even they say sexually when women are having like loving, actual, intimate sex, hormonally their bodies can completely shift. Like Ooh. you can get a woman that's hormonally imbalanced and huh. I believe this and I think my hormones, my cycle, everything just better. Like if I'm in that kind of space, um, that when they're receiving love and they're having, they're having consistent sex and like real intimacy that 
hormonally, their their skin will change, their bodies, the, how they're feeling in their bodies, their periods will become less painful and more like... You know, as you're t- talking about it, I feel like that could have something to do with emotional underpinnings of like the root cause of some of those issues. You know, if they have issues with like love or self-love or feeling loved or like, you know, sexually, then that could heal those yeah. emotional causes in a way. Totally. I think so. I think I need to get my hormones checked out. If I was to go to, only because I've got no libido after, ever since I gave birth to Valentine, my libido has disappeared. Um, and it's just got me thinking, I don't know if it's a hormonal thing or if, because I did a natural unmedicated birth and Valentine's head was literally 99th percentile or off the Richter scale. Her hands it are like way wider than her hips right my, now. My <laughs> hands are out to, as wide as they can go. Um, I think that my intuition is telling me that it's a bit of a shock and a trauma to, um, to that area. So I'm wondering if it's hormonally connected because of the shift of hormones once I gave birth or if it's trauma to the tissue, to, to that um, muscular kind of area. Interesting. I I feel like if it was hormonally charged, I feel like you'd feel it mm. more so, and you, you would know. Well, I'm gonna I'm going to um, at Women's Space down in Santa Monica. Oh. I actually have a Is session. That, they're in Santa Monica now. Oh, sorry, Culver City, Culver City. Um, going to a. Um, I don't know what it's actually called. I don't want to Is say it the, the wrong woman title. Who does like internal massage? Yes, <gasps> I've been wanting to go to her. Yeah, she, everyone says she's a, a miracle worker. Really, and it's it's kind of like um, wait, what is it? Dearmoring. If anyone knows anything about tantra, the, mm-hmm. you'll know about the concept of dearmoring, which is you. It's like an internal massage, but yeah. the areas in which you hold tension or are really sore and have an intense sensation, you push into push into and it releases yeah. that pocket of energy yeah. and that you have to go through and it's ba- basically rewiring that yeah. um that tissue oh that I've has been, been traumatized see that lady i'll let you know how it goes yeah. or is, you could, see if she, she has any more appointments it, it, took, it took me about three weeks or a month to get this appointment oh, but a- i'm sure they've got a waiting list yeah, but um, anyway, if I was, if anyone is listening who does want to go get their hormones checked, mm-hmm. are there particular things that they have to ask for or is it just a very regular test and that any GB can subscribe you to, yeah. I mean, give you a referral? It's a very general test. <clears throat> okay. It's just like it's it'll cover a full, everything. full hormonal panel. It'll and what do you everything. look for? Or I guess your GP will tell you. Yeah, they'll tell you. But I mean, you're going to look for... Um, nutrient deficiencies a lot of the time that still they'll look for that most of most of the time what will come up for a woman is that they're iron um iron deficient hmm. iron that's such a weird word i never know how to say it properly. iron iron I, iron i don't say iron iron i say iron um iron deficient um different vitamins and minerals that they might that you might be deficient in. vitamin b is a big one um, for energy levels, it really depends on, and, and if there's something specifically that you're feeling or that you're going through, mm-hmm. they can highlight that in the, in the test. So they'll be like, this is what we're really going to look for. If there's a specific, um, like if you're, I don't know, let's just use skin again as an example, they might suggest different tests, hormonal tests that you can do as well. They might actually check your thyroid. They might check other parts. Um, Right. But yeah, everyone's kind of different how they do it. And so if someone would get their hormones tested mm-hmm. and then they had an appointment with you, mm-hmm. you would then look through their um, blood work, mm-hmm. right, their results, mm-hmm. and then what is the general approach you take to help an individual correct their hormone imbalance? It depends on the person. Um, a lot of how I start focusing with people is so it's two, I usually get two different types of people. One of the one person is super super healthy they just need like a little adjustment and that will be usually through chinese herbs and through tonics that they'll do like a morning tonic and an evening tonic and you individualize one for them mm-hmm. or you have a standard one you give to i individualize that one oh, for great. them so you blend up herbal tonics well i i i give them the suggestions mm-hmm. where to buy the actual herbs and then i have them do it okay. themselves yeah interesting no i don't blend them up myself um 
but or I get the woman who needs to completely start over. So if I get that woman, then that woman will come to me and I'll help them find build like a, a program. I have a program that's built out that will help them with their eating, with their supplementing, their body care, their everything from like teas to calcium and protein, plant-based food charts. I'm not full believer in being 100% vegetarian. Um, I think everyone's body is different. different so yeah. Some people might feel like they, I've seen people do better on me and I've seen people that need that don't do well on it. Mm-hmm. So it's so about the individual, but um, helping that person create balance and consistency mm-hmm. um, and then getting them on supplements. And that usually for somebody who doesn't have that, that's usually what they need. And then from there we can build, but I find that I have about 90% of my people that start programs and start the routines and the supplements, um, that they end up not needing me anymore because mm. that's what they needed. And Fantastic. they can go on, they can check in with me. Cause my goal with my work is not to have people continuously feeling like they need to come to me and rely on me. I want to give people the knowledge and the tools that they need. So that way they're like, they can start making confident decisions because they're they're listening to their bodies. Mm. If only every doctor only... wanted to empower their patient to not need them. Instead of disempower. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what can we do on the daily to make sure that we're not contributing to hormone imbalance if we're looking at our general lifestyle? So you mentioned diet, mm-hmm. exercise. Sleep. Sleep is a big that's one a big for one. hormones, I'm right? I'm very bad at that with sleep, yeah. That's my that that's my fault. I think everyone kind of has one. It's really diet, um, or I don't like diet, like eating. Mm-hmm. I hate the word diet. It's, it's <laughs> such a stupid word. <laughs> eating habits, um, sleep, exercise. Um, I think a big one is um, like just self care in general. So maybe you like go get a massage. You put cream on your body. Take a bath. It's just like that nurturing. Because that yourself. keeps your stress levels mm-hmm. down, which if, and stress obviously affects hormones. Mm-hmm. 100%. And like practicing stillness, I feel like has a lot to do with hormonal health. Like I've noticed that more recently I've been taking like an hour to read and that's helped my me just stay so calm in a mm. general sense. And I feel like we're very triggered to anxiety and stress and then the anxiety and stress will throw off our hormones. But um, I think that practicing something that kind of just brings you down and calms you down and like that isn't distracting. That That's isn't a great way phone. to approach reading as a meditation. Yeah. I've never really looked at it that way, but you're right. Yeah. I think of it as a meditation. Like I'm not the person that's going to sit in silence and meditate, but I br- breathe. I practice my breathing and I read and I sit in silence and I... Sometimes I only do two pages and I literally will fall asleep and that will be my meditation. Mm. Sometimes I'll do an hour and then I'll feel like, so calm. Mm. And my whole body feels better. So I think it's about routine and self-care and like exercise, self-care, eating self-care. What do you think about household cleaning products and beauty products in regards to the intense amount of toxic Mm. energy Uh, ingredients they have in them these days do you think it's important for people to be aware of what they're like perfumes things that because i heard that unconventional perfumes can really throw off your hormones because of the the toxins that are in them and if you're putting them directly onto your meridian points Mm -hmm. like your wrists and up here in your thyroids you're having on the daily these this toxic ingredients leaching into your system yeah Yeah. but we don't think about that that isn't something that most people are they they don't connect that yeah something like that on the daily could be affecting their hormone health yeah i mean i'm i'm not sure i haven't done that much looking into for myself personally about um about that because i don't really I don't really do it. It's not really something I've had to think about. But when I think about it and when I talk to people, I mean, I'm a big believer in like natural products. I think that anything that you put on, don't put anything on your body you wouldn't, that eat. you fe- would feel, da- it would feel dangerous to eat. You yeah, know, so it's a like good rule. Even face cream, like I buy, I mean, I really like like Dr. Hauschka's face cream and like certain natural holistic products that have been out there for a long time. And like you there's have a lot to. of new stuff. 
You have to listen to our episode. Two weeks ago, we released an episode um, the therapeutic skin coach, Haley oh, yeah. Wood, on um, holistic skin care. Mm. It was so, you would love it. Yeah. So fascinating because it's the holistic approach which you yeah. apply yeah. to hormone health, but with skin and allowing yeah. your skin to communicate with you through the symptoms. Yeah. Like it's communication rather mm. than something you have to. Yeah. hate and eradicate and push against yeah i've actually spoken to her recently about doing a session with her oh yeah. Yeah, you we guys should team in. up for like people who have hormonal skin problems yeah. and then they could if they need help with their skin totally skin. yeah it would be really great wow okay jenna what other questions do we have how common are hormone imbalances do you think yeah like what percentage of women would you say <sighs> you think like have a actual imbalance well one in three women have pcos what or, or, di- or diagnosed with pcos oh, so phantom three? i think one in six have it <gasps> but one is in that, three is that only in america or you think that's everywhere in the world I think that's worldwide wow, wow. That's so insane. it's not just american conditions that would cause no. like and imbalance. imagine the percentage <sighs> of those people who take the doctor's advice and don't do any research almost all of them <gasps> so 99 percent that's mind-boggling to me yeah well no, here we are IVF three girls. is such a huge thing these days we're three girls here and two have been diagnosed with that so that that's true we're beating the odds right huh. there wow yeah and then the, the if i know. probably ever went to a doctor i'd probably have been diagnosed with it too <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky the, you didn't go to doctors yeah. the thing is is that um that a lot of those, a lot of those women, it's true that a lot of them do go end up going on to the medications and then, and then wanting to do something naturally afterwards. And so I've seen, I've seen other people, other women specializing in polycystic ovarian syndrome. The difference with it is, is that they don't have, they've never had it. Why so would they like, be attracted to be specializing in it? Because no one specializes in it. It's an area that's been completely dead. And so when I started working in it, I was the only person that was talking about it. But all these women were suffering from it. But I was talking about it from my experience. And I had a lot of these women that I've seen. Like there's been a lot of women that um, are in are in that world that do do specialize in polycystic ovaries, but they don't. They've never actually had it. And and so they're they're suggesting things to they're suggesting things to women that are based on that are kind of almost mimicking the medical system. So now that we're now that we have like now we're starting to have too much information out there and we have a lot of different things being said, kind of like with diets, you know, there's like all these all diets these and suddenly now people are like oh confused. God, what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Like what what is the right thing to do? What what am I supposed to do here? Pretty crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Sorry, I'm trying to multitask a little bit. Busted. Um, yeah, okay. So one thing I wanted to touch upon before we wrapped up today, I've had a couple of different girlfriends from different circles, all are very into um, the latest health and wellness trends. And there seems to be a trend traveling around, at least LA at the moment, on women's cycles and Mm. tracking your cycles and studying them and understanding how the rest of your month and life can be um, slipped into where you are at in your cycle to get better sleep, to eat certain things during that time, to... I haven't looked into it much, but there's some... Do you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've heard a lot about it. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, I'm not really a big believer in it. Great, tell us why. Um, I think that women have a really... I think that like becoming more aware of women's issues is something that's like been amazing and been really important. But I feel like in a way we're almost overly dissecting ourselves and our bodies to the point that like we're creating something that's not really there. Whereas I don't think that like, I think it's important to understand your body and your cycle and to know what you need that week before and that week of, and just know how to take care of yourself. But I think that if we start dissecting our cycles and being like, this is how I, and and every week we're just putting more pressure it's on ourselves. Yeah. Also, it doesn't really account for the fluidity mm-hmm. of life. Some yeah. some months, not all months are going to be the same. Yeah. 
I know my period's never on the same day. Yeah. It's always give or take a few. And some weeks I feel like eating this and some weeks I don't. Yeah. Exactly. Just go with what you're feeling and that's probably going to be a better way to go. Yeah. And it's like if you dissect anything, you're going it's like, to, it's like if you're looking for a problem, you're going to find a problem. If you're looking for something, you're going to find something. And and I think that it creates stress. And I feel like now between hormones and sexual health and bodies and all these things that we feel these pressures to focus on and think about with ourselves, um, I think that like that's just now another thing for us to be like, okay, this week I'm going to do this. This week I need this. How? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and when does it end? Mm-hmm. You know, when... And I had an interesting conversation with someone the other day and it's like it's never going to be... And she was saying like little issues that you have with yourself where you're like, you're never going to fully fix anything. So we're always trying to like fix and finish. Mm. Instead, we're like, we're, it's just something we're going to be working on, like hormonal health and taking care of our bodies and getting our peace. We're always going to be working on that. So instead of like trying to control it. I was about to say it's the control syndrome that's taken over society where every minute detail has to be controlled because... But that's a symptom of being having your power taken away because when you don't have power to control your own life, you feel like you you need need to to control things, you know, because it just becomes like this anxiety thing. Yeah. But then in some way, it almost feels like you're only controlling it because you feel like that control is being taken away, which then gives power to Back that to the, control know. being taken away. Totally. It's which is weird. Downward, think about downward it. spiral. It's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like a not caring if what someone thinks about you. Right. Like being like, all right, like people are going to like me. People aren't going to like me. It's totally fine. I like me. I'm cool. Yep. Right? I, so to go. Like I had this conversation in my head all this week. <laughs> Honestly, like it's, I don't usually have that conversation, but the early, last week I did this, a girl reached out to me on Instagram and she's doing this project on body love and self-love, but particularly around the female body and not being ashamed of the female body. Mm. And she reached out to me and wanted to do a photo shoot with me. And I said, yeah, okay, cool. Let's like, I love what you're standing for. Let's do it. And then I got some of the photos back and she was a brilliant photographer. She captured such beautiful, um, like uh, real moments. Mm -hmm. And I was in my underwear for the shots and they were very moody, like shadowy and just me hanging around my home, not over-sexualized, just in my underwear standing around. And She sent me these photos and they were such beautiful images, but I had this, when I thought about posting them, I got in this whole conversation in my head around, I'm going to be judged. What if my family member sees it and I make them feel uncomfortable? What if people think that I'm, I don't know what they're going to think I am, or will I be, I don't know, like, am I going to get attention I don't want? This whole conversation started and then I thought about... The, what, uh, how this whole project came to be and about mm. self-love, self-acceptance, confidence in your own body. Mm. And then I thought, oh, well, if I want to stand for that, then I can't be ashamed to be for my body to be seen. Yeah. Like it's just like you're at the beach, but you're in your underwear. Like it's totally. the same, it's kind of like the same concept, but I guess because it's in a bedroom, it's not seen that way. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just interesting. I had I had that whole battle of... Do I have enough confidence to put myself out there and not care what others think, as you guys were saying, or do I kind of tailor um, my expression? Yeah, my expression because of what other people are going, what it triggers for them. So needless to say, I haven't posted. (laughs) Well, yes, you did. I think. No, no, that was the most modest out of all of them. I think that I've, I've got. I'll, I'll show. You, I'll show you guys one. I think it's really people, beautiful. I'll we'll put one in the show notes. People. You could. You you could put a photo of yourself in jeans and a t-shirt, and someone's gonna someone's judge gonna it. Like it. Do you know what I, I mean? Like, it. there's no winning when you put stuff like that and you expose it out there. Let's see. see. So, so come on, Jenna. Tell me your <laughs> instant no, thought. Yeah, but do that's you think? Beautiful. But do you, but what comes up? Like, is no, that that's beautiful. sexualizing I, myself? Is no. that? And I don't think so. No. Sexualizing would be like if you were like looking in the camera with like a really raunchy look in your you eyes. Look sex. Seems like you, sex. But so that's show like, me sex. <laughs> no, I think that's just beautiful. No, I, I don't I, think I would, that. I don't, would not judge you at all. No. Okay, great. Maybe I'll post it. Mm-hmm. If you guys, by the way, maybe I'll, I'll, way to get more Instagram followers is saying I'll post a raunchy yeah. photo on it. Not that 
any of yeah. our audience would We're care. These are all amazing all women, holistically yeah. based. <laughs> but no, that, that wasn't a good smart woman. ploy. You might get like another percentage of men. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That's hilarious. Especially after they hear about this conversation about <laughs> their balls yeah. being too That's small. true. I don't think any man is going to have made it through this episode far enough no, to like hear <laughs> that. So That's true. That's no, right. Any of them will get it this far. That's true. <laughs> no, but oh. it really is all about self-love. Coming back to a more important note to end on, I think that everything, if you have enough confidence to look deeper and ask questions and not settle for a diagnosis that seems um, not well thought out or doesn't resonate with you, that is all feeding your sense of empowerment, Mm -hmm. taking your life into your own hands, um, loving yourself enough to really do the research, ask the questions and do what resonates with you. That's what I, my message to people is just take your power back. You know, if you are having hormonal issues in any way, shape or form that you don't have to listen to your doctor, you don't have to believe you're infertile. You can take it back. And as these girls have proved, have healed themselves from PCOS, like you have the power to do that. Yeah. Personal question. I don't know if I'm allowed to ask, but I'm going to anyway. (laughs) Have you ever been pregnant? I have. Oh, see, there we go. So it's not like you're, you know, forever fertile. Okay, well, I guess this is like the moment of honesty. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of moments like that. I went back to my doctor. (laughs) Oh, you've tied it (laughs) in somehow. Yeah, when I went back to my doctor to do my test, um, I, I I I had taken a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. Oh, my gosh. So I was pregnant like four weeks months after my diagnosis double whammy yeah well no I was actually pregnant five months after my diagnosis but I was like six weeks pregnant so five months minus six weeks so it was really like took me no time to and to get the cyst gone so so sorry you were pregnant just as you were being diagnosed just right after Probably right well, when she started I had doing the same thing. The... I was like, oh, I can't get pregnant. if hostile ovaries. Let me. Oh, that's <laughs> and hilarious. Then she, yeah, because probably so early in your own treatment, you didn't realize. <laughs> These poor men. Any man that hears someone said, don't worry, I can't get pregnant. I that's PCOS. hilarious. Don't I was listen. like, you told me you couldn't get pregnant. I know. Carrie said the same thing, actually. I'm like, psych. Uh, Guess like, yeah, it's a miracle, baby. We have to you, keep it. <laughs> you were right. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah, but I don't that's have good a baby. hope. I don't have a child. Well, you have a baby spirit, I have a baby spirit. around you. you I'm they sure. stay as your guardian angels. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, if I didn't have that experience and that spirit, it wouldn't have led me to my direction and like help the women that I've helped get pregnant and mm. help the women that I've that I've helped with polycystic ovaries. So it's mm. all like everything's it's a all blessing. perfect. Mm-hmm. I I am so when I look back at my whole health struggle with polycystic ovaries, I'm so grateful that launched me into my quest to know more about alternative medicines. Bust yeah. through the veil. Yeah, and emotional, physical connection. All I, I got completely activated through the quest to yeah. get more answers on that. It made me who I was, yeah. really a big element. So yeah. it's always a blessing. Great. So I think that feels that feels like it's a wrap, girls. Yeah, I think so. Amazing. Nicole, do you have a invitation for our um, listeners? So what we do each episode is that we offer our listeners an invitation or a challenge, you could call it, based on what we have discussed today. So maybe if you do have hormone imbalances, any of the people listening, Nicole has a little um, invitation for you to try on during the week. So maybe it could be... um, Like one simple thing that people could do. Yeah. I think that... I was just like tuning into your body. It seems to be a big one. Mm-hmm. This, this for me, especially right now. And I think for a lot of people, because there's so much going on that takes t- time to just like tune into your body and really listen to what it needs. And like, that's something that I think that, and from there, then, you know, you'll know if you need more nourishment with food, you'll know if you need to slow down more, you'll start to feel what your body needs. So I think that that would be good because everyone can then will have it something different. That's true. So tune, tune in, in and then listen. Tune in through. and listen. Beautiful. Yeah. And give us all the details of where we can find you, Instagram, website, and yeah. any fun new projects you have going on that we can jump on board with. <laughs> okay, so you can find me on my Instagram, 
which is Nicole Granado. And then my website is on there. And right now I actually just launched a new company about five weeks, almost five weeks ago. Um, I'm very excited. I call it, I call it a her because she's like a a little baby child to me. Um, And her name is Willow Feminine Oil. And it is an oil for women to use as a self-care ritual for your vagina. Yay! Um, and it doesn't, it's not just, doesn't have to be just for your vagina. You can use it on your chest, you can use it on your face and your hair. Um, but I designed her because I wanted, um, I, I realized that there wasn't a product on the market for us to nourish our, our vaginas or the skin around our uterus or anything and, and something that was natural. Um, and that was about self-care and self-love. I feel like a lot of the time when we when we think about it, it's either for pregnancy or period or for intimacy, for sex. But what do we actually do to like as a ritual to take care of it for ourselves and for our intimacy with our bodies? Um, and it can also be used as like a massage oil with with your partner um, if you want. Um, it's she's really like an all-around oil, and all of the oils in it are hormone balancing. Oh. And, so smart mm-hmm, and antiviral and antibacterial and um you know she's for external use but if she did go inside of you it'd be fine um and yeah they're all made in small batches here locally and she smells really beautiful oh i bet i like putting her on my neck and chest at night and like i wake up and i still smell her a little bit and her scent goes in with your natural oil so if you were to put her in your vagina let's say and you were going to go on a date and you just wanted to feel really good and you wouldn't have to worry about it smelling like that because she'll blend with your natural scent. So you'll feel really just taken care of. Like you took care of yourself and you feel really good. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I actually, and it's beautifully packaged. Thank you. I had you. lunch with Nicole um, this week and it was, it's really stylish and beautiful and Thank fresh you. and clean and I love that they're hormone balancing. That's so smart. Yeah. It all makes sense. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. All back to hormones. Yay. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. That thank was you for really fun. Me. Uh, it was so great to see you and just dive a little bit deeper into the important stuff with mm. our female health. And thank you for being with us, our listeners, and wanting to dive a little deeper into self-empowerment, self-love, and just taking care of yourself. If you liked today's episode, please don't hesitate to leave a five-star review (laughs) um, and share with all your amazing female friends that may find this interesting and helpful. And um, if you're not following us on Instagram, you should be, not just for my nudie photos, but for Jenna and I covering all aspects of life um, with looking a little bit deeper. So we love you lots and we'll see you, feel you next week. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.